Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Empowerment with Elizabeth. Today I'm here with my sweet new friend, London, and she is going to talk to us about her experience as Miss America is then outstanding, now just plain teen. So London, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Hi there, everyone. My name is London Hibbs, and I was Miss America's Outstanding Teen in 2019. I was first crowned Miss Dallas Teen um, in 2018 and then went on to win the state title. Such a huge blessing. It kind of feels like yesterday and also truly five years ago all at the same time, but I had an amazing experience um, and such a fun year. My talent was singing. Um, I'm still a singer, and I'm currently a senior at UCLA. So that's really fun. I'm majoring in vocal performance and minoring in music industry. So that's gotten to kind of carry along with me through all these years. Um, and yeah, I had the incredible opportunity to share my year with Nia Monty Franklin, Miss America 2019, who was just one of the biggest mentors to me and really made my year what it was. I love that. I love it. And that's so fun because y'all are both singers. That's, so, that's literally yes. so Yeah, that was awesome. Um, okay, so talk about how you first got started in pageants. Totally. Um, I first got involved in the Miss Texas organization back in 2017. Um, I was basically looking around one day on the internet for more ways that I could get involved in the children's hospital. I'm originally from Tyler, Texas, and we have a Children's Miracle Network hospital there, and I was starting to get involved. I first started by actually dressing up as Elsa and going and singing to the kids or any different little princess, um, but there were obviously a lot of safety regulations in place and things like that, and I just couldn't reach as many kids as I wanted to. So in doing my research, the Miss Texas organization popped up. Um, I remember I was 15 years old and I thought it just sounded like everything I wanted to do all at once. So I was really excited. My parents obviously loved the scholarship aspect. Um, and so I got involved. And the first year I competed as Miss Tyler's teen and was so lucky to place first runner up, came back the next year and then went on to win the national title. I love it. I love it. You've already mentioned that you're a singer. Um, yes. So talk about how, talk about your talent, talk about how you got into singing, and then also talk about how you went about choosing a selection for both state and nationals. For sure. Um, I've been singing ever since I was little. Um, I appeared in my first Broadway production, which was a Broadway tour actually of The Wizard of Oz, where I was just a little munchkin um, when I was six. So it's always been a part of me to be a performer. And around the time I was 12 or 13, I started getting really invested in classical music. Um, I knew that I wanted to do something along the lines of that for my talent, but I wasn't necessarily sure how well Mozart would translate on a pageant stage. So I decided to go the Phantom of the Opera route. My first year, I remember I was so disappointed because I wanted to sing Think of Me, but another girl was already singing that piece. So I said, you know what? I'll take another fan of the opera piece and just make it my own. So I sang All I Ask of You, um, won the talent award, actually. And the next year, I was like, I'm going to bring it home this year, change it up. And I sang Think of Me and um, still love that song. It, it really means a lot to me, having had so much personal connection with it and the pageant um, that I just have always loved the musical. And now that I'm studying full-time vocal performance, obviously I'm focusing mostly on classical music and opera and oratorio, um, concert style singing, but I'm really trying to broaden my range um, and learn more about jazz, get into some poppy stuff, some country. I just want to be as well-rounded of a vocalist as possible. 
And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really honored that I got to have so much of that be involved um, through the Miss America organization, because it, it definitely has played a role in who I am today. That's awesome. That's awesome. And talent is one of the phases that you competed in, but what is your favorite phase of competition? And then tell us a little bit about why that phase is your favorite. I think I, I gotta go with talent, but I will say, uh, I really struggled at first. I have ADHD. And when I was first competing, uh, evening wear and on stage question took place at the same time. I'm not sure if they still do, but, um, in the teen category, that was really difficult for me because I didn't really have any modeling experience. So I'm thinking about my walk while also focusing on, oh, I have to draw a question out of the bowl. It's very intimidating. Um, and I feel like in my preparation for that particular aspect of competition, that's where I really learned the most about myself and how to relay information to a crowd. Um, and so those were really useful skills that I still have brought with me today. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned onstage question and Part of, especially with teens, one of the things I'll ask you about is your CSI or your platform. So talk about what your platform was and what you did with that platform and then um, kind of what you've been doing since the crown. Absolutely. Um, when I was in high school, I had a close family friend um, tragically pass away when she was 18 um, in a vehicle accident. Uh, and she was actually a registered organ donor and went on to save the lives of about 10 people or, or greatly impact their quality of life. And it meant so much to her friends and family and just kind of seeing that impact and also the impact in my life that it had on my great uncle, who's also a musician, when he received a lung transplant and was able to keep performing even still to this day, he's still around, still singing. Um, that just, I saw the, the lasting impact that that had. And um, having failed my driver's license, three times before I got my license. I spent a lot of time in the um, DMV and I noticed that there wasn't a whole lot of information about organ donation. It was just kind of a random box on a form that said, be an organ donor, check yes or no. And just thinking back to my friend Kendall, I realized that with so many teens um, losing their lives every day on the highway uh, due to traffic incidents, it would be a good idea to educate my peers and have that be something that they can sign up for while they're here and potentially make a lasting difference in, you know, the incident of something horrible happening. Um, and so during my year, I actually got to meet with the National Department of Transportation in Washington, D.C. to implement this organ donation education program um, in driver's ed education schools all over the country and um, do a lot of advertisement while people are actually taking their picture and getting their license to remember to check that box and to just kind of dispel some of those myths so that we can save as many lives as possible. That's such a great platform, especially for teens, because you're right. I mean, that is when everybody's, for the most part, getting their license. It's when you turn 16. So that's, that, that's awesome that you did that. Um, you talked about before you were Miss Texas teen prior to being Miss America's teen. So what did your prep look like whenever you were Miss Texas teen preparing for that national crown? Oh my goodness. I really liked this question um, because I think for me, a lot of it was just trying to translate my personal experiences into my everyday life so that my authenticity within myself and how I came across to other people was 
as prominent and consistent as possible. It's really hard as a high school student um, competing in this wonderful organization because sometimes it can feel a little bit polarizing. Um, I went to an amazing arts high school in downtown Dallas where I was studying music. Uh, and I found it really difficult sometimes to relate to some of my peers because on the weekends, I wasn't hanging out with my friends or going to the mall. I was volunteering and practicing my voice and everything. So I just wanted to make sure that how I came across on stage was how I came across in everyday life and that I could truly put meaning behind everything that I was saying. Um, and I'm I'm so grateful that I had such a wonderful group of people behind me, supporting me all the way, um, encouraging me to take every opportunity and say yes to things that I wouldn't normally. And I think it really provided me with um, a lot of insight into so many different people's worlds and just the volunteers that work with this program care so much about the well-being and the success of all of the ladies involved. And I think just seeing that and feeling that support made me willing and ready to take on whatever challenge necessary to make them as proud as possible. I love that. I love that. And talking more about, you know, going from Miss Texas teen to Miss America's outstanding teen, uh, what was the most surprising thing, I guess, about the transition from being a state title holder to then being a title holder on a national level? Absolutely. For Well, for me, it was exactly that. No longer having that very close-knit support system that I was so used to in Texas and that meant so much to me with this group of people that I trusted, to now having to constantly travel, meeting up with a different manager or um, chaperone in each state was a little bit stressful at times. And as someone who had dealt with quite a bit of anxiety in high school, I found it really difficult to keep myself grounded and even remind myself why I was doing what I was doing at some points. Um, so for me, the biggest transition was just being able to remain focused, remain calm. And honestly, all of my concerns just went away the second I stepped foot at any appearance or any event that I was volunteering at, because seeing a smile on a kid's face or the impact that just even seeing a girl in a crown has on, on, um, the youth is so impactful that it it really brought me out of my shell and and it it just made my year everything that it was. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you mentioned that you had um, that you dealt with anxiety during your year as a national title holder. But talk about what the most difficult part of being a title holder at the national level was for you. Absolutely. There's so much pressure. Social media is a really difficult thing to navigate and balance while you're a full-time student and also traveling so much and constantly concerned about what is the world going to think about me. I remember for a while I, I had some concerns because a lot of people weren't understanding my social impact initiative for what it was. And I was so worried that it was going to be misinterpreted and that people were going to look at me differently. And I remember thinking one day, that's not why I'm doing all of this. It's not for other people's approval. It's to change the lives of other people. Um, and so I would say the hardest part is just really 
focusing on why you're there and remaining true to what it is you want to do. Um, but at the same time, balancing your own mental health and um, making sure that you're still able to have positive experiences outside of the organization so that you're able to remember as much of that year as possible and soak it in and just have have a, an overall positive experience. I love that. I love that. And you mentioned, you know, that you did a bunch of appearances during your year, obviously. Um, so what was your favorite appearance that you did as Miss America's Outstanding Team? My very favorite appearance, I would have to say, was in Nashville at um, the Children's Miracle Network Hospital there. Uh, the name will come. The Vanderbilt Children's Hospital uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. I actually visited several times, but I have a particular favorite memory from the first time I visited. Um, I was hosting a podcast very similar to this um, in the Ryan Seacrest studios there. Um, and they were broadcasting it on the screens in all of the rooms that the children were in. Uh, and a little girl came down and said, oh, can, can I join the podcast? Like I saw that there was a princess and I was said, absolutely, let's, let's talk. I'd love to have you on. She was about five years old. Her name was Oakley. Um, and she had a rare form of terminal cancer. Um, and for the rest of the podcast, ever since she came in and sat down, we sang every single Disney song that I, I, I could even produce that I, that I knew off the top of my head. Um, and it was, such a magical experience. I, I can't even, I don't, I, I get emotional thinking about it because just it's crazy the power of music and connection, especially with people that look up to you can have on their life. And it brought a whole new perspective to my year and what I was doing. And it's just something that I will absolutely never forget. That's so sweet. I love that. What a good idea too by the hospital to project that into all their rooms. I love that. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you have a like funniest memory from the year? I do have some pretty funny memories. Uh one time I was singing the national anthem, which was something I I got asked to do a lot and loved doing for the National Science Convention actually. This was also in Washington DC. Uh, and I remember after I had finished singing, um, I was just kind of meeting and greeting some of the speakers and and getting to learn more about the organization. And I had a lot of people ask me, so are you are you a scientist? You must. And I said, no, I'm actually I'm, I'm just a vocalist. Like I'm, I'm really passionate about music and um, organ donation and um, the Miss America organization. Uh, and it was really funny because for the rest of the event, I sort of had to explain to people that obviously weren't too familiar with the organization and were kind of confused why a pageant winner was there, that I wasn't actually a scientist. Um, I was just there for entertainment um, and to talk to people. Uh, and that was funny. I'll, I'll never forget. I, I, I was like, I wonder how they go about deciding, you know, who they want to hire for these things and what what made them think to reach out to me? I mean, obviously I was super honored, but um, after then I was like, you know, maybe I should maybe I should look into some more of the science behind why I do what I do. So I have a little something to talk about with the scientist yeah, next time. I've, I've always wondered how people go about picking the national anthem singers, too, because whenever I was Miss Richardson this past year in Texas, I got asked to sing the national anthem and I have never in my life sing ever 
I'm very much a dancer. Like they just assumed because you're so wonderful, like you'd have no problem. Apparently. And I also know like from my friends that do sing that the national anthem is not like what you start with when you're a singer. It's pretty difficult. (laughs) Yeah. I just like for the good of everybody at this event, I don't think that I am the best choice. (laughs) Hey, I mean, that's very respectful, respectable of you to, to actually turn it down because some people want to, you know, stretch their abilities as much as possible to try to make an impression. And I don't know if it always comes across the right way. So being able to say, hey, that's not actually what I specialize in, but I, I wish you the best of luck with finding someone else actually, I think is just as impressive. <laughs> yeah, that was a little too far out of my wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> but our final question, if you could give one piece of advice to a girl competing at Miss America's Teen next year, what would it be? Get to know yourself before you market yourself to others. Because at the end of the day, competing in the Miss America competition is an example of marketing yourself to a panel of judges, to a crowd, to a board of directors, whatever it may be. Um, Very much like a job interview, you want to put your best foot forward at all times, but also really help people get a full picture of who you are and why you're doing what you're doing. Um, And it can be especially difficult, I think, as a teen, especially or two, if you're just getting started with this organization, to jump into things very quickly because of how exciting it all is. And I think the most valuable thing you can do long term is to really get to know yourself because there's no better way to do it than through interviews talent practice, fitness training. I mean, it, it's it's how you grow yourself as a person so that you're stronger and better prepared to make real change in the world doing the things you want to do. I love that. I love that. And that's also a skill that you'll need. Like you were talking about, you know, interviewing for jobs at post-grad. And I mean, you have to be able to sell yourself. So I love that. Um, Because if you can start doing that, especially as a teenager, I mean, man, you're really going to set yourself up for the rest of your life, literally. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lyndon, for coming on. I so appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come on and chit chat. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. And I I can't wait to see some more of your podcasts in the future. You're the best. You're the best. And I will see the rest of you guys on our next episode. Bye y'all. Hi. Thank you.